Hallelujah. Last week I, I started with uh, the sermon Offending the Holy Spirit. That was part one. I didn't finish it, so this is part two. <laughs> We're going to give it another shot. Amen? Glory to God. There is a wonderful presence of the Lord in here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Set everyone free in this place. Set everyone free watching online around the world right now. Hallelujah. John seven thirty seven through 38 says, on, that, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and, cr- stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, come on. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Maybe if the rivers of living water aren't flowing in your life, maybe it's not the Jesus of the Bible you've been putting your faith in. Are you hearing me? 2 Corinthians 13. It's tight, but it's right. 2 Corinthians 13. 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion or fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. I love that. The communion. Oh, the communion of the Holy Spirit. You know what that's talking about? Intimacy. Intimacy. And so today I want to I want to continue talking about what it means to offend him. Some of you weren't here last week, so I'm I'm gonna run down what I covered. Uh, last, last week, it's always good to put our, put us in remembrance. Amen. We can't hear it enough. When, if you come to the place where you say, you know what? I already heard that. Guess what? You're done, man. You're going to, you're going to fall out of the race of the Christian life. Are you hearing me? All right. So I want to talk about what offends the Holy spirit because it is possible to put a wedge between you and him. I've heard so many Christians in their spiritual life, they said, you know, I, Pastor, I just feel so dry, so dry. I said, well, you know, examine your heart. Examine your life. Maybe there's a dam there in your, in your heart that's blocking that river of living water from flowing out of your life. Maybe it's unconfessed sin. Like I said last week, maybe it's just as simple as your not disciplined enough to press into the things of God. Because as John Bevere has been teaching on Wednesday nights, that you got to contend, press in for the power of God. Amen? The character thing's not good enough. The fruit of the Spirit thing, yeah, that's important. I'm not belittling that. But you also got to contend and want the power of God in your life. The, the book of uh, 1 Corinthians 12 said, desire spiritual gifts. What is that, what is that saying? I mean, what, what's, what's that implying? It's saying if your desire, if you're not desiring, if you're not hungry, if you're not thirsty for the power of God, the gifts of the Spirit of God, guess what? That's what you're gonna get. Nothing. And it's gonna be drier than a bone in your life. Are you hearing me? Hunger, thirst, and expectation. We need all three. So, but being grieved is an emotion. The Holy Ghost has emotions and it is possible to grieve him. Amen. And as a Christian, the dynamics that you have with any other human being, have, have with a human being are the same dynamics you take in with the Spirit of God. Because a relationship is a relationship. The Holy Spirit is a person. Are you hearing me? He has a mind, he has a will, and he has emotions. How many of you have been offended before? What did it do 
to that relationship with that other person? Did it bring more intimacy into that relationship or did it push you away? We don't want to offend the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. So you will get out of a relationship as much as you put into it. I want to put a fire in every one of you here, every one of you watching and listening around the world. I want to put a fire in you that will be unquenchable, that you will want to press in like never before with the things of God. Amen? And not only personally, but corporately. Are you hearing me? Oh, how important is that? The prayer nights. Amen? All right. So you'll get out of a relationship what you put into it. And so uh, let's start with, let me see where I want to start off here. The Holy Spirit is offended when we ignore the Word of God. After all, the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. The author was not men and women of God. Are you, do you, you know that, don't you? The real author is with a capital A, and it's the Holy Ghost. He is the author. Divine inspiration. Holy men and women of God were moved with inspiration by the Holy Spirit. That is not a man-made book. It is what it says it is. The word of the living God. And we need to esteem it highly as Christians. And when you fail to do that, guess who you're making an enemy with? The author. He takes it very personally. Are you hearing me, somebody? Why would we want to grieve the very one, the Holy Spirit, the one who is there to reveal, to uncover the benefits of the Word of God as we read and as we study the Word of God? 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Wait a minute. You mean if I don't study, I might not be approved unto God? That's what it says, doesn't it? And it says that it may bring shame. It will... It will bring shame into your life. We need to stay in line with the word of the living God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So we need to read and study. Say, read and study. All right. Now, uh, the Holy Spirit, I'm just kind of jumping through the ones I covered last week. The Holy Spirit is offended when you lack faith in the word of God. I just covered that. The Holy Ghost gets offended by that. It grieves him. It pushes him away are you hearing me because hebrews eleven six says but without faith it is impossible to please him it's impossible to please him hello this is talking to christians an unbeliever doesn't have faith in christ they're not pleasing him this is this is a call out a shout out from the holy ghost to us saying if you want to be close with me, if you want to please me, you need faith. And if you don't, you're grieving me. What's the, I mean, come on. What's the opposite of pleasing him? Displeasing him. Grieving him. We're pushing him away. We're silencing his voice in our life. How many of you want to do that? Good answer. All right. Now, uh, here's, I'm going to start here. This is what I didn't cover now. Talking about offending the Holy Spirit. Rebellion offends and infuriates the Holy Spirit. Infuriates the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost hates rebellion. Rebellion is simply disobedience to the word of God. 
All right? Rebellion, the Bible says, is as the sin of witchcraft. That's pretty sharp, isn't it? Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Why? Because in rebellion, you want control. Instead of allowing the Holy Spirit or surrendering your life to the Word of God and to the Spirit of God. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. You want control. You want to take that control. Are you hearing me, somebody? But oh my goodness, a powerful Christian life is absolute surrender. See, it's so contrary to the world. Oh, it's so contrary to the world. The, uh, the world looks at surrendering as weakness, does it not? But God says, in my kingdom, if you want to be the greatest, if you want to be the, walk in my power, surrender to my will. Glory to God. I want to surrender to the will of God. I want his power flowing through me. That's why, because the anointing of the Holy Ghost in power, in this next move of God, the only ones that are going to be walking in the fullness of the power of God are the broken ones. That the anointing can seep through them. It's the ones that have walls up hard and they damn the anointing. They grieve the Holy Spirit. But God's looking for broken vessel. Do, are there any broken vessels in here today? See, I, if I say that, the world would say, man, that sounds so weak. That sounds so powerless, broken, broken, surrender. But the kingdom of God, come on, somebody. God takes the, the foolish things of the world. Hello. And the power of God will flow. I am convinced. Glory to God. You know, the, the, the seeker-sensitive movement has been one of the biggest curses on the body of Christ. Produced weak Christians, but I'm telling you right now, they may have seen numbers for a season, but I'm telling you right now, I can just see this, I feel this, that this move of God that's going to take place, people are going to get tired of hearing some fluff, and uh, there's going to be a flood, are you hearing me? And the ones who are going to walk in it, the ones who are going to flow in it, are the ones who are broken, the ones who are surrendered, amen? Glory to God. See, when you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you entered into a covenant with God. Commitment seems to be a dirty word in the body of Christ today. I'm telling you, things that I'll put little, little quotes on Facebook, and you should see some of the responses I get. They're asinine. Are you hearing me? You, you, I put something that's right from the Bible. You know, surrendering your life to Christ. Well, you'll have someone come along and, and try to dispute that. Come on, somebody. Let's, let's wake up. Let's wake up, body of Christ. Amen? But when you made Jesus Lord over your life, you entered into a covenant with God. Or you were supposed to be. Are you hearing me? You are agreeing to live by his standards, and everything you have now belongs to him. And everything that he has belongs to you. Divine transfer. Are you hearing me, somebody? All right. So, now, I want to touch on something here. Part of that covenant, and listen, I, I put this on Facebook last night, and you need, oh man, woo, talk about stirring up a hornet's nest, all right? Part of that covenant is the giving of tithes and offerings to God's work. 
Guys, I've got to touch on this. There's too many warnings. This is too serious of an issue not to touch on this. And listen, the giving of, the, of tithes and offerings is not a money issue. It is a heart issue. Are you hearing me? It's not a money issue. It is a heart issue. Listen, the Holy Ghost is angered by covenant breakers. Are you hearing me? And that is why Malachi 3, 8 through 10 says that if you don't give tithes and offerings to the Lord's work, you are cursed with a curse. The blessing of God is lifted off of your life. It's getting kind of quiet in here. And guys, this is talking to Christians, not unbelievers, because an unbeliever is not in covenant with God. Go to Malachi 3, 8. Come on, let's go there. Hallelujah. I mean, this really... I mean, most people were for it on the post, but, you know, you had some that were, were against. I'll talk about that more in a moment here. Uh, Malachi 3, 8 through 10. It says, will a man or a person rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this. God is challenging us, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour, pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room, room enough to receive it. Guys, this is powerful. The giving of tithes and offerings. In fact, you know what? Really, if there's a a spirit-filled believer who loves the Lord, who's on fire for the Lord, uh, to be honest with you, there should be more than 10% going to the Lord's work. One amen. Was there another one? I'm telling you, 10%, that's the minimum. I'll tell you what, I, I, hey, man, I, I can't get this across enough. It's not a money issue, it's a heart issue. All right? And listen to this. Tithes and offerings. Someone said, yeah, well, that's under the law. We're free from the law. Tithes and offerings. Listen to me really close. Tithes and offerings started before the law of Moses. Over 400 years before the law, it started with Abraham. Are you hearing me, somebody? Don't don't pull this stuff don't pull out the legalism card with me on this issue it started before it's (laughs) listen someone says yeah but it's not directly mentioned in the new testament how many of you heard that before all right listen to this this is what i believe you take it to the lord in prayer I believe that God didn't continue to talk about tithes, about tithes in the New Testament because it was a given from the time of Abraham. All God did in the New Testament was tacked on it. Come on. God loves a cheerful giver. Why? Because everything in the New Testament deals with the heart. Are you hearing me, somebody? God simply added that he loves a cheerful giver. All right, let me give you another example then. Someone says, oh, it's under the law. All right, fine, we're, you know, we're free from the law. All right, let me bring something up to you here. You ready for this? 
Fine, we're free from the law, eh? Bestiality. Bestiality is mentioned in the new... Bestiality is, is in Leviticus, right? It says not to do. Guess what? We're free from the law! How stupid is that? Hey, listen, bestiality is not directly mentioned in the New Testament. Come on, people. Are you follow, I'm being facetious here, but you understand what I'm saying. Now, these people who say that it's not good. Oh, come on. Don't give me that, sister. You know what I'm talking about. Listen. <laughs> hey. I'm telling you, this. This, this is one of the biggest divisions in the body of Christ right here. This is, this is one of, can you imagine, hold on, listen, can you imagine if everyone obeyed that spiritual principle? Can you imagine how much more the body of Christ could do for the Lord Jesus Christ? Hello, somebody. My goodness. Okay, so you all are feeling uncomfortable from the bestiality thing. What is, oh, I'm sorry. I took for granted that you guys knew that. Sex with animals. <laughs> Come on. Hey, if we're, if we're free from the law, that was in Leviticus. I don't see it directly mentioned in the New Testament. See how stupid that sounds? Of course we're not going to do that. Amen? Come on. My point is, don't, don't pull that law card out. Don't pull that legalism card out. Amen? People are always, they're always, come on, you know I'm the shock jock up here, come on, amen? People are always looking to weasel their way out of giving money to the work of God, but they will buy $100 worth of lottery tickets and sow into a godless school system in their state. Hello, somebody. Some people say, you preachers always want our money. Well, your answer might be, you might be surprised by my answer. Guess what? Yeah, we do want your money because we want to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. You tell me how to do it without money. I'll show you the radio bills. I'll show you. Come on. Hello. It takes money to promote this gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. But. I believe one of the reasons that God put the command to give tithes and offerings is to test us. To see if he is truly the priority of our life. Is he really on the throne of our hearts? And I'll tell you what, you want to start meddling with people, you start meddling with their pocketbook. Because it exposed some dark areas of their life real quick. Amen. Come on now. I'm just preaching the truth here this morning. Jesus said that you cannot serve God and mammon. What's mammon? Money. Riches. It's one or the other. Now, I'm not saying go out and you just, you know, you go out and sell everything you have and you live dirt poor. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is God does require tithe, which is 10% of your income, and offerings. Anything up and beyond 10% is considered an offering. Are you hearing me? You make 50000 a year, 5000 needs to go to the work of the kingdom of God. And then there should be some up and beyond that somehow because that's an offering then. Simple math. Amen? All right. Uh, 
But listen, when a Christian lives a life of disobedience from God's word by breaking the covenant, the Holy Spirit, which started out as a friend, come on, will quickly turn against you as an enemy and fight against you. Did you know that? Oh, I'm going to wreck some of your theology here today. Go to Isaiah 63. Check this out. How about, how about uh, James? 4.4 4, is it? Where he says adulterers and adulteresses. Don't you know that friendship with the world? If you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. Who's that talking to? It's not talking to an unbeliever. <laughs> Unbeliever's already an enemy. They're not a ch- this is a warning to Christians. Amen? Isaiah 63, 9 and 10. Look at this. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bore them and carried them all the days of old. Listen to this. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned himself against them as an enemy. And he fought against them. Hello, somebody. Started out as a friend quickly can turn on you. Hold on, hold on. I'm hearing a pin drop in here. What do you think of that? I mean, do we just, like, like the tithing issue, do we just cut this out of the Bible and throw it out too and throw it in the fire? Huh? My point is this. People think that they can be entangled with the things of the world. Entangled, come on. And and they think they're still a friend of the Holy Spirit. Guys, listen to this. On my Facebook, I'm I'm friends with a certain popular Christian musician on there. I went to this individual's Facebook site on the information of this popular Christian musician. All right, if, if, if I mentioned, you all would know the name. This person travels around the whole world with very popular other musicians singing. The, 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 one of the favorite movies of this Christian singer, Teen Witch. Teen Witch. God help us. Hello? Teen witch. Guys, this is scary. This is creepy. This is insane. You, you, let, me, let me ask the common sense people of RCC. Should a Christian, a follower, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, be watching movies like Teen Witch? Oh, but witchcraft, it was in the law. We're free from the law. What a, what a bunch of hogwash. See, now, now, here's another issue. This is why it's so dangerous, people. Because these, 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 this musician who has this on her site and watching this rubbish, other Christians, baby Christians perhaps, are going to that site they go and see what is their favorite movies. Oh, Teen Witch, it must be okay for a Christian then. 
After all, this popular worldwide Christian musician is watching it. God must be okay with it. Surely they must know better. Are you following me? How dangerous is this? And if that musician is watching this right now, get rid of it and repent. Renounce that junk in your life in Jesus' name. Witchcraft is an abomination to God. Harry Potter, hello somebody. That's nothing but a manual for witchcraft. Come on, people. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, there's, there's that big of a spirit of confusion operating in the body of Christ. We can't decide where, where, our, where our rump is from our head. Come on. Are you hearing me, somebody? We need discernment. We need discernment. God, give us all discernment, Lord. Deliver us all from any and all deception, Lord. You cannot be a friend of the Holy Ghost and watch Teen Witch with him sitting right by you. My goodness. All right. Now making a vow to the Lord and not fulfilling it offends the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Making a vow to the you there's there's so many scriptures on vows and that what's a vow? A vow means yeah you're promising God if you do this I'm going to do this or God I'm going to do this for you and you don't fulfill it that's sin that's sin so now I I just know by the Spirit of God right now that that the Holy Ghost is bringing some things to your remembrance that you said you would do and you never followed through with. Heed the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because making a vow to the Lord and not fulfilling it is uh, offensive to the Holy Spirit. Um, And that's why, by the way, the Word of God tells us not to be quick to make a vow to the Lord unless you intend to fulfill it. Are you hearing me? Holy Ghost is ministering to people right now. Holy Ghost is ministering to people right now. Go to Acts 5. Acts 5. Acts 5, 1 through 5. Very powerful account here. Says, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Tithes and offerings is not a money issue, it's a heart issue. You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. He died. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Guys, I got to say this. This is after the cross. 
This is in the New Testament, people. This isn't hardcore law, the law of Moses kind of a thing. This happened in the book of Acts. Do you think the Holy Spirit was trying to get his point across? You think? See, listen, the Holy Spirit deals strongly with rebellious Christians to bring others into the fear of the Lord. Now, there is, I believe there is a period of grace. The Lord gives people time to repent. He gives them time to turn. He gives them time, all right? But brother and sister, there's a time where you can fall short of the grace of God, the Bible says. Did you know that? Look it up for yourself. There's a time where he's not going to put up with it anymore. There's a time when he's not going to... Time, time, time. Someone's time is running short. Someone's about to fall off the cliff of grace. Oh, I feel that so strong right now. And you know who you are, whoever that is. I hear the Holy Ghost saying in this next move of God, the standards are being raised. The standards are being raised, says the Holy Ghost. He's expecting more. He's expecting more. More commitment. I hear him saying, who's on board with me? Who is on board with me? Who is going to serve me? Who is going to serve me? Choose this day who you're going to serve, says the Lord. Oh, my, I, I just see a vision of someone. Someone's just walking. They're walking along and they're playing the fool. They're acting like a fool. They're laughing. They're joking around. They think they're all right. They're in sin, but they're walking and they're walking and they don't know that they're coming up to the cliff. They're, re- they're about ready to fall short of the grace of God unless they repent, unless they turn and go the other way and serve and follow God with their whole heart. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost in here today. Time is short. Time is short. Time is short. I hear the Holy Ghost say, touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Oh, 
I hear the Holy Ghost saying, for the time is coming that I am going to do signs and wonders that will bring fear upon my body. Fear, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord upon my body. And a separation of the sheeps from the goats. Even now, my holy angels are being sent to separate them. Oh, the wheat. From the tares. So pray for discernment. Pray for discernment. Pray for this discernment that you would be counted worthy. Worthy of the prize. Worthy of the prize. Worthy of the prize. Worthy of the prize. Come on, somebody. Has anyone got a witness in here? My, my goodness. It's running wild in the church, people. It's running wild in the body of Christ. It's running wild. Deception is running wild. Deception, 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 not right now. Deception, 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 deception. Deception Deception is running wild in the church. The word of God says that many in the last days are going to fall away from the faith. I'm seeing it. And I don't have to go any further that from my Facebook account, put some things on there and watch the watch these responses to these biblical principles. Are you hearing me, somebody? Amen. There is a move coming. There is a move coming. There is a move coming that's gonna shake this earth. There is a move coming. And I'll tell you right now, the fear of the Lord is so going to fall. The fear of the Lord is so going to fall. The fear of the Lord is so going to fall. The, oh, the days of Ananias and Sapphira, I'm telling you, it, it's coming back to that, people. I'm moving on. The Holy Spirit is offended and grieved when we hold unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment toward another person. What don't we understand about this? Why? Why is the Holy Ghost offended by this? Because the very thing you expect to receive from God through the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not willing to give to another the very thing that you put on your coat and you tag around saying, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. You're not willing to give it away. Yeah. Are you hearing me, somebody? There's some in here, you're, you have issues with family members, friends, individuals. And you need to lay it on the altar today. You need to lay it on the altar today and realize that person is not worth you going to hell for. That unforgiveness is not keeping them in bondage. It's keeping you in prison, in bondage. It's keeping the chains upon you. Are you hearing me, somebody? And, and so you're not willing to give it away. No, not because you're not able to, because you simply choose not to forgive that person. Go to Ephesians 4 quickly here. 
Ephesians 4. The Holy Ghost is moving in here, people. The Holy Ghost is moving in here. Praise you, Lord. Ephesians 4, 25, 32. Just jump into the river. Open your heart to him. Say, God, I'm just an open book to you. Search me, God. Search me. Create in me a clean and pure heart, O God. I want to be for you, God. Just ask him. Invite him. He's knocking. He's knocking at the door of your heart. He says, if any man will open the door, I will come in. We use that for evangelism, but guess what? That's, I believe, in the context of the believer. Are you hearing me? All right, Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. Therefore, putting away lying, lying, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. It's possible to be angry and not to sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Deal with it. Nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer. But rather let him labor, labor, working with his hands what is good. That he may have something to give him who has need. Oh, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Listen to this. I want to say something here. That speaking the love, speak, speaking the truth and love are not oxymorons. They're not opposites. I got people telling me when I'm trying to deal with strong and tough issues, I'm just talking about my Facebook account. You know, who, who accuse you, they say, well, that's not loving, that's not loving. No, what's not loving is letting them continue on to hell. Are you hearing me, somebody? Why can't the body, these people in the body of Christ comprehend that we can speak things that, that, are, that, that, that are tough to swallow, but yet it is in love? Because people don't know what love is, a lot of them. Are you hearing me? 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You expect to receive but not give. And that's called selfishness. That's pr- called pride. Come on. Jesus said, freely, freely you have received, freely give. And that includes forgiveness. If you are a Christian today, Romans 5.5 5 says that you have the love of God being shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You are capable to forgive that individual. You are capable. And if we were not able to, God would not have commanded us to do so. If he was commanding us to do something that we were not able to fulfill, that's not fair. How could we do it? Are you hearing me, somebody? The grace of God is that God has empowered us to live a life of obedience to his word. But we must still choose to do righteousness and forsake evil. Jesus told a parable, a story, about a man who had a large debt and was forgiven. But that man would not forgive a smaller debt 
that someone owed him. Do you know what Jesus called that man? A wicked servant. A wicked servant. I have people ask me, Pastor James, how do I know if I have forgiven a person? Well, back in the day, you know, I was like, man, you know, what, what kind of a concrete answer can I speak? You know, uh, okay, Lord, show me. How, how do we know? How do we know? How does a person know if you truly forgave? Well, it, duh, it, the Holy Ghost illuminated this. You forgive others, the Holy Ghost said, like I have forgiven you. And immediately Ephesians 1 came to my mind where it says that we as Christians are to be imitators of God. He went on to say in my heart, I could just hear him saying this, do I throw your past sins back at you? I said, no, Lord. He said, if you have truly forgiven a person, you won't keep digging up and bringing up their past either. Oh, come on, take hold of this, people. You won't keep throwing the past back at them. That is written to Christians. Come on, somebody. We are to forgive. And another thing he said to me, this might be of interest. He said, if when you hear that person's name and you still grit your teeth, you have not truly forgiven them. Does God do that to us? Huh? Guys, we can do this with the help of the Holy Spirit. We can do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to try to do it in your own strength, forget it. It's not going to work because your flesh is always going to rise up. And you're always going to want to get that revenge. You're, oh man, if I could just put my hands around their neck and, you know, just squeeze a little tighter. Just for a little bit. (laughs) And come on, people. Your flesh will want to do that. You know, come on. Here's a pastor's confession right here. (laughs) Hey, listen to this, though. Listen, it takes a Christian who is walking in the Spirit to truly forgive a person. This is what you got to understand. It takes a Christian who is truly walking in the Spirit, not a carnal Christian. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about spiritual Christians, and it talks about carnal Christians. If you really want to forgive, you've got to walk in the Spirit strengthen yourself how do you walk in the spirit strengthen yourself by feeding on the word of god maintain a regular prayer life maintain that constant communication with the lord amen hallelujah hallelujah now my last point and i'm done all right the holy spirit is offended and grieved When you develop relationships in your inner circle of your life with those who are ungodly and rebellious toward God's word. Whoa, that came back at me. Hold on. uh, Let me throw it back at you. Let me say it again. Come on now. The Holy Spirit is offended. He is grieved when you develop relationships in your inner circle as a Christian with those who are ungodly and rebellious toward God's word. I'm not talking pulling yourself out of the world and going and getting a Jim Jones cult started up. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about about people you let into your inner circle. Let me give you some advice. Don't let everyone into your inner circle, even if they call themselves Christians. Hello? 
Some of them are the biggest faith killers, some of the biggest dream killers that you'll ever see. There's, there's sometimes unbelievers who will try to propel you more in your, your dreams and desires than some Christians. Have you found that out? How sad is that? Don't be a dream killer. Amen? But anyways, we've got to be careful who we're letting into our inner circle. All right? Um, we as Christians are exhorted in the word of God to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Hebrews 10, 25, okay? He's talking about, first and foremost, connecting with other believers. And part of that connecting is a local fellowship or a church. We use the word church, but really the church is speaking of the body of Christ as a whole. You understand that, don't you? When we say the church, really what it's saying is the body of Christ as a whole. What are we? We're, we're a piece of the body of Christ that are fellowshipping together every week. That makes sense to you? All right. But I want you to notice, I also want you to notice that it says ourselves. That is written to Christians. The Holy Spirit, get this, put it in your memory bank. The Holy Spirit is well aware that the success of your spiritual life hinges on who you have fellowship with. Who you connect with in your inner circle. How many of you know you have acquaintances? You have people that you just know. But then there's people who are close to you. They're close to you. You give them access to speak into your life. Are you hearing me, somebody? That's what I'm talking about. The people that you have given access to. And the Holy Spirit is grieved when we let people in. Come on. Don't, you don't even let an unbeliever into that inner circle. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Are you hearing me, somebody? That's the word of God. That's not Pastor James's legalistic view on it. That is indeed the word of God. Are you hearing me? Controversial? Yes. Truth? Yes. Okay? Make sure that you're allowing Christians who are on fire for Jesus, people who love the Lord, people who esteem the word of God highly, make sure you allow them to be in your inner circle. Anybody else, there's some cleaning up that needs to take place. Either they need to get cleaned up, come to Christ. Come on, somebody. Or they need to go. Now, marriage situation, that's totally different. If you're married to an unbeliever, that is totally different. There's different rules with that. If you want to know about that, I don't have time to get into it all right now, but see me after service, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. But, so are your relationships with Christians who truly love and are living a life that's pleasing to God? Because again, let me just say it again. There are a lot of people who wear the title Christian, but there's no evidence. There's no fruit in their life that would even convict them of a Christian in a courtroom of law. Are you hearing me, somebody? Many of those people say, well, you know, Pastor James, God knows my heart. And I say, yeah, I know your heart too because your words and your actions reveal your heart. Listen, this is the point here. We are not to judge the world. Someone who's not come to Christ, they're a child of the devil. Don't even, they're already judged. The Bible says that we are, if someone calls themselves a Christian, a brother, a sister, guess what? They're fair gamed to be judged or to inspect their fruit. 
Are you hearing me, somebody? Washington, D.C. needs to get a hold of that. Are you hearing me, somebody? Washington, D.C. needs to get a hold of this. There are so many people who put the name take a Christian on, and, and pe- people are swallowing this. People are believing it. And then, and then they think, and then they think it's okay for a Christian to hold views on abortion, to hold views on homosexual marriage. You see the deception that's running wild, and that's why we need to come on, somebody, inspect the fruit. It is a foolish thing to say. You can't judge them. You can't be judged. Guess what? They put the name tag of Christian on. You bet I'm going to. Because if they're bringing shame to the Lord Jesus Christ by their testimony, I'm going to expose it. Without partiality. Are you hearing me, somebody? Without political correctness. I'm serious. The, The political correctness has to go. It has to go. We got to base things on righteousness. Base it on the word of the living God. Amen? Or else the line is always going to be blurred. And you're going to swallow every bit of sewer water that comes your way. Yeah. Ugh. (laughs) Jesus said the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that we would know them by their fruit, by their outward actions. He said, a good tree brings forth good fruit, and a bad tree will produce evil fruit. That's the word. Psalm 1. Go there with me. I'm serious. I'm almost done. (laughs) Are you getting anything out of this today? Psalm 1, and I want to look at verses 1 through 2. If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not, say oh me. No, all right, a couple of. All right. Now, Psalm 1, 1 through 2, listen to this. It said, blessed is the man or person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Say ungodly. Nor stands in the path of sinners. That doesn't mean, oh, don't try to stop them from sinning. Come on. No, it's saying don't be in the flow of the world. Are you hearing me? Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, the blessed man who walks in the, who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, who doesn't stand in the path of sinners, or he doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful, his delight, that person's delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. And in his law, in his word, he meditates day and night. I want you to notice something here. It's interesting that it uses the word ungodly. No, I believe that's talking about Christians who aren't walking the walk. Are you, hello, somebody. Christians who aren't walking the walk. The ungodly. Don't ask counsel from someone you know that doesn't believe the word of God someone that doesn't esteem the word of God highly don't you better answer that don't 
Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. All right? So, I want you to examine your life on that. And uh, basically today, I just want to encourage you to examine your heart, examine your life, and make the needed changes. And I want to challenge you, just ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, how have I grieved you? How have I, if I have offended you, show me where. And I want to make the needed corrections. Can you do that? Because there is nothing greater than to maintain a pure heart and sweet communion and fellowship with the precious Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Now, maybe there is someone in this place. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Maybe there's someone watching on the internet around the world, someone listening on the radio and internet around the world right now. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life. I'm telling you right now, it's the biggest gamble you will ever make. Yeah, but I got enough time. I'll just do it later. You don't know if you will have a later. Today is the day of salvation. Today, while the Holy Ghost is giving you this chance, He's pricking your heart. Today, make Him Lord of your life. Because it's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Hell was not created for, for mankind. It was created for the devil and his angels. That's not good company, people. And it's eternity. It's eternal. When all of a sudden... If that's you, if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, meet me up here by the drum set. If you're watching online, you never made him Lord of your life. I want you just to say this. If you really want to, mean it with your whole heart. Because these won't mean a thing if you don't mean it with your whole heart. Say, God, I am a sinner. But I believe Jesus Christ, your son, shed his blood on the cross for me. He died on the cross, he rose from the dead, and Jesus Christ is alive. And it is that Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, that I confess as Lord of my life. Fill me, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I want to walk in your power, God, to do your will the rest of the days of my life until I see you in eternity in heaven forever. Maybe there's someone in here you backslidden. You don't know right now. If you were to die right now, you have no idea. You don't have the assurance that you would go to heaven. If that's you, come down over here by this drum set. I want to pray with you to rededicate your life. Too big of a risk. Too big of a risk. The Bible says that we can have assurance. Not insurance. Assurance. Hello, somebody. If you want to rededicate your life, come down here. Turn that music up more. Hallelujah. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You want to walk in more power with God? And you never received the Holy Spirit baptism? I want you to come to this altar. Maybe you received the Holy Spirit baptism a long time ago, and you just want to get filled up. You need a fresh touch. Come down to this altar. You need a healing. You need prayer for anything. Meet me over here. Worship the Lord as the music plays.
price Drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes If grace is a notion we're all sinking <laughs> So heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss And my heart turns violently inside of my chest is so thick and tangible in this room tonight. And there are some of you here that have not encountered the love of God. And tonight, God wants to encounter you and wants you to feel His love, His amazing love. Without it, these are just songs. These are just words. These are just instruments. Without the love of God, it's, it's just like we're just up here just making noise. But the love of God changes us, and we're never the same. We're never the same after we encounter the love of God. We're never the same after we encounter the love of God. And right now, if you haven't encountered the love of God, and you would know because you wouldn't be the same. You would never be the same again. And if you, if you want to encounter the love of God right now, you better just brace yourself because he's about to just blow.
cross I look And to the cross I cling Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do sing On it must save you Both bruised and crushed That God is love And God is just At the cross you beckon me You draw me gently To my knees and I am Lost for so Lost in Okay. 
uh, a praise report, a couple praise reports from last week's prayer online. Kevin G. He said, my mother Mary is recouping uh, with my with my released grandmother from the hospital. They are both doing well. Hallelujah. Um, praise the Yeah, give the Lord a hand for that. It's a blessing. Praise God. Uh, uh, Gail is saying, uh, praise God for healing my husband of asthma this week. Well, glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Now, we got some prayer requests. Uh, someone wants us to pray for boldness to step into the ministry that God has for them. Stretch your hands. Lord, this person now, I speak boldness upon them. Boldness, Lord God, to step out and to do what you are calling them to do. Even when the world, even when some of the church won't even receive. God, boldness on him in Jesus' mighty name. Boldness, Lord God, to fulfill this person's ministry. The, or your ministry that you're giving this person. In Jesus' mighty name. And we pray for Lori for 100% uh, recovery from knee surgery, Lord. Every bit of that knee, we just speak healing to it. Uh, Lord, recovery process quick. In Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, go upon that knee right now. Make it whole. Hallelujah. Um, another person wants deliverance from mind control, generational witchcraft, uh, unfaithfulness, uh, deliverance for uh, Neil, Dion, Andrew, Tim, Elijah, and Tony. So, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, this individual... Lord God, I come against the spirit of witchcraft. I come against every spirit that is tied to the spirit of witchcraft, even down generation lines. I command it to come out in Jesus' name right now. Devil, you loose this individual right now in the name of Jesus. Every bit of confusion, go right now. And Lord, I pray your manifest presence and glory would just fill that place. Fill that room where they're at. And these other individuals, Lord... We pray that you'll send laborers into their paths to speak your word to them. The blinders to come off of their hearts and minds, God. God, do miracles in these people's lives. In Jesus' name. Lord, we pray and believe with Kathy, Lord God, that for Bob. Lord God, that in the name of Jesus, that this Bob, Lord, he's connected with someone that he shouldn't be. And we pray, Lord God, that there would be a divine disconnection there. That you would open Bob's eyes to see that what he is doing is out of line with the word and that he would line up with your perfect will. Lord, send laborers, Holy Ghost minister to Bob, open his spiritual eyes and ears in Jesus' mighty name. Um, okay, this one individual uh, wants us to pray for a move of God. Where we live... They want us to move. Oh, oh, okay. They, <laughs> the individuals want this individual to move, and this person doesn't want to move. So, Father, we just pray, Lord, that your will would be done in this situation. In the name of Jesus, if for some reason there's hidden wisdom that you have, Lord, for a move, reveal it to this individual. If not, we pray, Lord, you would make a way for this person to stay right where they're at and you would use this individual mightily. Lord, either way, let your perfect plan be done. Let it be revealed. Give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you and your will. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Hallelujah. All right, everyone watching online, thank you so much. Tune in next Sunday. We'll be right here in Big Rapids, Michigan. God bless.